Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're finally here. The top teams in college basketball have been determined and the Final Four is set. Looking to wager on these games or the national championship? Head over to betonline.ag on your desktop or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get you started. That is B-L-E-A-V, guys. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info, along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports. Bet online, guys, where the game starts. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Wednesday and welcome to the Ross Marconi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers G. Hay Wiley and Armani Buckets. And as always on Wednesday, our very good friend Kayla Kinyaram. How are we doing on this glorious Wednesday? I'm going to let Kayla start first because I'm like <laughs> looking at her smiley little face. So um i'm doing great kayla how are you i'm wonderful glad to be back sorry i completely dropped the ball last week but i am back this week ready to go we were trying to get your thoughts on the tyree kill trade before but you know maybe we could save that for later kayla's a diehard chiefs fan and i don't think are you in a good mood bad mood kind of long story short i was rocked last week very upset uh long term i think it'll be better for the chiefs i have all the faith in brett veach so i'm just crossing my fingers that (laughs) this is all going to work out but yeah it was a huge blow we uh, do have a lot of headlines. One of them is Chiefs-related, kind of technically, so with that tease yep. in place, <laughs> uh, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. All right, well, Paul George returned to the court last night for the first time since December 22nd. But that wasn't the only comeback of the night. George scored a game-high 34 points and led the Clippers back from 25 points down in the second half to beat the Utah Jazz. 121 to 115, the Clippers are the first time um, are the first time in NBA history to come back from being down at least 24 points four times in one season. What's the ceiling, guys, now for these Clippers with Paul George back? You know what? I, I didn't have a of expectation that Paul George was going to pick up where he left off. I mean, Paul George was playing like one of the best players in the league when he went down in December. For him to come back, and in his first game back, not only to drop 34 points, but to lead the Clippers back from 25 points down in the second half, really picking up right where uh, they left off in the postseason a year ago. Remember, that game six where the Clippers beat the Jazz and went on to the team's first ever conference finals. They came back from 25 points down in the second half. So, um, you know what? I I don't want to get too excited. I, I think they're they're clearly a first round playoff team. I think they can give the Suns a run for their money as the eighth seed. Listen, the Suns, in my view, are the best team in the league. So, I mean, that's that's the tough spot the Clippers find themselves in. I do think the Clippers with Paul George can push the Suns as they did a year ago to six, maybe seven games. I just don't think the Clippers can beat the Suns. That said, what an amazing historic comeback. I mean, we've talked about this on the show 
yesterday. There's something about these guys coming back from 25 points down, one time this season, 35 points down. It's an incredible accomplishment. I think that the thing is that if they were to meet Phoenix, I completely agree with you, Arash, but if they beat Minnesota in that playing game, which by the way, if Paul George is playing like that, you're absolutely right. One of the best players in the entire NBA. And honestly, the defensive end is what shocked me. He had five steals and he looked like he was in better shape than everybody on the court. When you take that into consideration, I really do believe in Memphis, but they are a young and inexperienced team. If you beat Minnesota in the playing game and you meet Memphis, I think that's a seven game series. And when you have the best player in the series, you have a great chance. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Armand. I mean, I think this this is dependent, right, on who they're going to be playing uh, post the play-in tournament. So I think if they do play Memphis, if they do end up playing, you know, um, certain teams other than Phoenix, they can make it to the second round. They can, especially with, and also if history has told us anything and history has taught me never to bet Arash Markazi ever again (laughs) when it comes to uh, advance, the Clippers advancing to the second round, you know what? This team can do it. And they've been proving us wrong all year long. So I, I'm, I'm down for the Clippers to make it possibly past the second round. And I think we said this, too, when Paul George was going to come back. We we're like, you know what? This is a huge possibility that he could come back and help out this team to go past that first round. So, And, and by the way, real, real, real quick, here's why it's so key if they do. Kawhi Leonard's not that far away. We, we don't fully know when he can come back. But if they, for example, push the Suns to seven games, or if they, or if they push the Grizzlies to six or seven, and they make it to the second round, Kawhi Leonard will come back, and then at that point, all bets are off. This is a championship contending team. Yeah. Well, on the flip side, Arash, the Lakers once again found themselves down big this time by 37 points to the Dallas Mavericks on Tuesday and got blown out 128 to 110 without LeBron James and without Le- um, Anthony Davis. For the first time this season, the Lakers dropped out of the play-in tournament and are now the number 11 seed behind New Orleans and San Antonio. I still can't believe we're talking about the Lakers, but with this, <laughs> ju- with just seven games left in the season, can they even make the play-in tournament? I don't think so. And I never thought I would say this. I never thought that they would really drop down at the 11 seed because I really thought that the Spurs and the Portland Trailblazers had effectively waved the, the white flag. And maybe that they did, but the, perhaps the the Lakers did as well. Uh, just a quick backstory. I am in Dallas, and I was in Dallas last night, and I was offered a ticket to the game, and I refused to go. I didn't think they would be down by 37 <laughs> points. 37 points. I mean, they gave up 82 or so. I forgot exactly, but I think they, they gave up the most points in the first half in franchise history. So th- this is just an absolute joke. It's an absolute embarrassment. They are, as you mentioned, G. Hey, the 11 seed now. So they're not even in that 9-10 playing tournament. I think their season is done. I think LeBron is going to be out for a couple more games. I think Anthony Davis is going to be out for another game or two. And by the time that they come back, you know, with five games left in the season, I just don't know if they can make it. And quite honestly, guys, like, what's the point? What's, what's, what's really the point when you're talking about a team that is losing or at least trailing by 30 plus points? I mean, that, that is really hard to do. And that, that, that's what happens when a team, in my view, effectively has checked out. I, I disagree. I think they're going to get in. 
Never, never count out the heart of Russell Westbrook. (laughs) Talk about that bandwagon. Talk about that Oklahoma City fan. Yeah, no, it's over. It's throw in the towel. It's time to plan for next year. It was time to plan for next year two months ago. So it's time to plan for next year. Definitely now. Figure out your trades. Figure out you know what you need to do. Get it done. Jeannie, I love you. I know that you're one of the smartest women in uh, in sports. So I, I have faith that she's going to turn it around. But th- this might be a clean house situation. So I'm just going to have to start from scratch. I'm sorry. Just it is what it is. It seems like, you know, what you said at the end, Arash, about what's the point? What really is the point? You make it in. You probably lose in the first playing game. If you don't, you probably lose to Paul George and the Clippers in maybe embarrassing fashion now. So really, I don't know what the point is. Anthony Davis is supposed to come back on Friday, apparently, so they're not giving up. That's what we can see. They're not completely giving up, but on the court, it looks like they're giving up, and that's what matters. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, what, what, what are we talking about here, right? Um, well, the NFL owners approved a modified proposal for overtime Tuesday that will guarantee each team a possession, but only in the postseason. The rule for the regular season games, which allows the team with the first possession to win if it scores a touchdown, will remain unchanged. Do you like the rule change? I, I do because here's the thing in the postseason and the postseason is really where this comes into play and I'll uh, defer to Kayla here you should never have <laughs> your season come to an end effectively or, or at least partially because of a coin flip and so I think both teams should have uh, the ball and so okay so let's just say you win the, the coin flip and you score a touchdown good on you I deserve in the postseason my 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 seasons on the line to get the ball back then I score a touchdown then at that point you can go to like who stores a two-point conversion but this my season should not come to a close because i lost a coin flip and you scored a touchdown yeah i (laughs) i've been on every side of this as a chiefs fan obviously in 2019 i hated it when the patriots got it and we weren't able to respond loved it this year when we were playing buffalo uh (laughs) and then in that Bengals game we got we won the the toss obviously didn't do anything on our end and then they eventually scored and went on to the Super Bowl. So I do think this is the right thing to do, um, especially in the playoffs. And at least it'll take heat off the Chiefs from now on because everyone hated us after that Buffalo game. So I have a really quick question, though, because this says that um, obviously for the regular season game, they're going to allow that first possession only. And like it is what it is like. You're done after that. But then, you know, come um, come postseason, that's when they're going to try out this rule. What if at the end, because at the end of every season, we know that your game is your one game can make the difference of you being in the wild card or you being in whatever situation that you're in. What about that? That's a good point. Because what like what if, you know, you're you're in a situation where you're like, if I don't win this game, we ain't going. You know, kind of thing, and yeah, it I does mean, end your season. That's a good point. I, I think what the league didn't want to have happen is for games to go past, um, you know, one series. Uh, you know, effectively for like the duration of the season. Again, we don't have a ton of games that would go that long, but you know, they 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 just don't want someone's season to come to a close in the postseason because of a, a coin toss. I totally know what you mean, Jihei. Like, if if your season is on the line on the last game of the season where, you know, for example, that, that a Chargers game in Las Vegas, you know, a situation like that. That's one of the outliers, unfortunately, that, 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 that they're going to go by the regular season rules, not the postseason rules. Yeah, I mean, uh, here's my thing. I'm all for this rule change. 
I mean, it obviously works in college. It's great. I love it. I think it should just be the whole entire time because then you're getting these guys used to the rule because some of these guys are used to it and other guys are like, wait, what? Like, I haven't played in college in forever. So like this rule doesn't apply to me. So I, I think that the, the this rule change right now is, is great. You should keep it all season long, but that's just me. Um, well, going on that football track, staying on that football track, the Rams got some good news that they were expecting on Tuesday when the team said it would be giving contract extensions to Sean McVay and Les Need and that Aaron Donald was committed to returning next season. Yay! Um, the team is expected to also give him a new contract uh, to Donald soon. How important, guys, was this to the Rams' hopes of repeating? It's massive. I mean, you're talking about the foundation of this team. You're talking about the head coach. You're talking about the GM. You're talking about the cornerstone of your defense. And then, obviously, they gave a contract extension or redid the contract for Matthew Stafford. Again, certain guys, this is the case in the, the National Football League, guys come and go. Uh, you, you, generally speaking, obviously want a, your coach in place, your uh, GM in place, your d defensive captain your offensive captain and the Rams have that so you know while they would have loved to have all the guys come back from that Super Bowl team uh that's that that, that that's big you know because the the number one story following that Super Bowl win was is Sean McVay gonna leave is he gonna retire and join the coaching rank I'm mean, sorry the broadcast booth do TV again the these TV contracts are crazy so that's why he was thinking about that and Donald was he gonna Re retired. He's had an amazing uh, career. So, um, huge that, that, that Sean McVay is committed and Donald's committed and effectively the Rams are in position to repeat next season. Love that for the Rams. Good for you guys, but they're not going to repeat. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Even with Aaron Donald re-signing because they're, he's the cornerstone of their whole entire uh, defense. I'm calling it now. The Super Bowl champion next year will come out of the AFC. Okay, that's fair. That's very, very <laughs> fair, especially considering how stacked it is. But I think maybe because how stacked it is, maybe they won't. That's true. I mean, it might just, like, fall cancel apart. each other out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is great. Repeat Central. Let's go Rams because my, <laughs> my Giants are in a rebuild, so I'm, I'm going to go for that home team right now. Um, you get Aaron Donald back. You can build from there. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can, you can build around him. So... I think this, it wasn't all obviously contingent on getting Aaron Donald back. Obviously, you need to have Sean McVay back as well because these guys have all pretty much grown with one another and they won with, with one another. So I think this is great. Um, yeah, I, I, re, repeat central, man. Back to back to back. Like like LeBron says, we ain't winning okay, one, calm two, down. three. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, if they went to, if they went back to back, I would be ecstatic for them. So like... Let, let's hope to run it back. You never know. You, you never know. But I think, but I think to Kayla's point, she knows how hard it is. I don't want to bring up a sore topic. Of how hard it is to win the championship. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. You, know, you can get to the conference championship game. You can actually get to the Super Bowl. But to actually win it, um, it's hard. It's so hard to do. So, so the fact that the Rams won one is amazing. Glad they're in a position to do it again. But it's very hard to repeat. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not taking that away from the Rams. I'm not saying that, you know, it's not hard or from any other team that it's not hard because to repeat in any sport is difficult, specifically football, because it's like such a wear and tear sport. So I'm not I'm not taking anything away from that whatsoever. And, and Tom's coming back to win a Super Bowl. Don't forget. 
Well, well let's, let's pump the brakes <laughs> on that 45-year-old butt of, of his. Um, okay. A group led by the former president and CEO of AN. AEG and the former president of the Raiders is planning to build a $3 billion sports and entertainment district um, in Las Vegas, centered around a $1 billion, $20,000 seat arena that would be built by 2026. The arena could be the future home of a Las Vegas NBA team. Las Vegas already has an NFL, NHL, and WNBA team. Which pro sports league should be in Las Vegas next? I'd love the NBA there. I mean, I, I am amazed that we may be in a position because they're probably going to get soccer next. I mean, soccer is uh, the Major League Soccer. Uh, they, they will have a, a team there shortly. So it's amazing that the NBA may be one of, if not the last major pro- professional sports league to go to Las Vegas. So I would love for that to happen. Uh, this project is headed up by Tim Laiwiki. Uh, like anyone who's from Los Angeles knows that you know, he, 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 he was a big part of the sports scene out here. Mark Bedeyan, the former uh, president of the Las Vegas Raiders, had a, a lot to do with that team relocating. So you got a lot of big sports uh, names involved in this, and, and they really want to build this thing. Again, a $1 billion, 20,000-seat arena. So, you know, right up there with the new Clippers arena um, in terms of cost. So... I would love for it to happen, but I, I do love the NBA in Las Vegas. I, I do want to point out, though, that the, the T-Mobile Arena was built to house both a hockey team and a basketball team. And I would much rather the NBA team play on a hotel off the strip or on the strip, effectively connected to the hotels on the strip. I, I wouldn't want to have it be south of the strip. Yeah, no. I mean, an NBA team would be ideal. I mean, also a Major League Baseball team would be ideal as well. I, right? Playing baseball in Las in Vegas, Vegas sounds yeah. awful. Really? <laughs> the heat? I mean... It would have yeah, to be indoor, would, right? You would yeah, die. No, but you have spritzers and stuff like that, dumb. too. It, uh, you, you could still... You could still you could still do it, I, I feel. I mean, no? I guess they do it in Arizona. Yeah, it would but... probably be like the Diamondback Stadium. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. I can't imagine those August games. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> rough. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be sweltering heat. But it, baseball is an outdoor, sun-filled game. It is what it, it's like. It's like playing in the elements in Buffalo. I don't know. True. I, 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 would I just okay wouldn't want to be on the, the Vegas MLB team. <laughs> uh, but, I will, but I will say, to Arash's point, I do... I thought that they were going to have an NBA team already by now, so the fact that they haven't is pretty crazy to me. It's time for the NBA to expand as well because every team is loaded with talent right now. Now is the perfect time to add two teams. Seattle needs a team back. The Sonics need to come back. Missouri and Vegas. needs a team. I don't know. <laughs> See, the thing is, yes, I agree, but Seattle and Vegas are so primed right now to add two teams in those specific cities. If it wasn't for that, I would agree. St. Louis is a great location and they've produced great NBA talent as well. But yeah, yeah. And Casey's been pushing for years to get an NBA team as well. Yeah, no, I mean I think personally Seattle deserves they don't need one. They deserve one. Yeah. That is one of the biggest sporting towns ever. So I, I think that um, to your point, they, they deserve a team. Well, the WWE, which we haven't brought this up in a while, is holding tryouts this week for future superstars at the Dallas Cowboys training facility before this weekend's WrestleMania at AT AT&T Stadium. If you were a college athlete or are a college athlete, would you be interested in a future with the WWE? 
Of course, that 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 would be a dream come true. I mean, I'm you know full disclosure. I am here uh, for <laughs> WrestleMania. I will be covering the tryouts, and it's really like a, an amazing list of college athletes from you know whether it's volleyball, gymnastics, football, whatnot, and and, and they all want to um, have a future and and be a WWE superstar. That's like the beautiful thing. You know, you can create your own character, be what you want to be. I mean, imagine GH after your uh, career was done playing hoops if you had tried out for the WWE. That would have been amazing. Do you know what? I um <laughs> as much as I admire all of these women and men that are in the WWE or in um you know competing like this uh-uh because my body has already been through enough and now like my body is definitely hurting so i can't even imagine doing this um I, but i applaud them for doing this it's some it's an amazing thing to watch you know jumping off the high rope like just being able to do what they do doing cage matches and stuff i just i personally the way that my body has hurt itself it'd be like trying to go out there and play football i just i personally wouldn't do it but it would be kind of cool to get your acting chops. I feel like it would be like acting 101 um, to be able to be a WWE superstar. This, but this, no, physically no. This is giving me Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader vibes. Are they going to turn this into a, a reality show? I'd love to watch this play out. They really should. They, they, they really yeah. should. I think it's great for college athletes post-college. Yeah, I would definitely be interested in doing something like that. Had this been on my radar back in college. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I don't, I don't know, man, just because just because it's just so physically demanding. I just, I don't know if yeah. I could possibly, if, if, this is just me personally, because kudos, to, again, kudos to all those people that are doing it now and doing it post, uh, you know, their college career, so. Yeah. Arash, and I will, uh, Go ahead, sorry. No, no, I mean, I, this is gonna be a lot of fun, so I'll let you guys know how that goes uh, during the week. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're gonna talk more about the Clippers' amazing comeback when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and the fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hey guys, Jihei from the Rosh Markazi Show. Tons of people, by the way, take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I know I can use that. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day that's it to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com com slash believe that's b-l-e-a-v again that's athleticgreens.com slash believe these statements don't have been evaluated by the food and administration drug administration these products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease athletic greens guys take ownership of your health this is the arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio still clown with the Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Just as a reminder, if you want tickets 
to a future Kings or Galaxy game. Call our hotline 310-400-0340. we got to find a way to give uh, Clippers tickets out of it as well because that team is playing extremely well. Normally, we would be joined by someone on the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, but I did want to play for you guys a little bit of the post game from last night's historic Clippers comeback win. Paul George comes back, first game since December, drops 34 points. The Clippers come back from 25 points down to beat the Utah Jazz. And again, this Clippers team, the comeback Clippers, look like they are ready for the postseason. I certainly would want, not want to play them. Let's now listen to Paul George, Ty Lu, and Isaiah Hartenstein following that amazing comeback win. Ty had said pregame that you didn't have to come back seven games left in the season, that you could have shut it down. Um, was there any, ever a point in the last few months where you thought that might be a possibility, or were you pretty committed to you thought this could happen before the regular season ends? Um, no, I was always optimistic that I could come back and play. Um, I mean, just my history coming down to playoffs. Um, you know, I've always played through some sort of injury. So, um, I just didn't know how bad it was going to be or how much time it was going to take. Uh, but, you know, I just kept the guys encouraged to keep going and stay in it um, because at some point I will return. I know this is one game and I'm asking you to take the long view, but what do you think your return um, could do to kind of boost this team's postseason potential? Um, I mean, hopefully it just raises the intensity, um, you know, give the team a boost uh, of morale, um, fresh energy. Um, but, you know, let the guys believe we really got a fighting chance. Well, when you, you came back, you played two games. Uh, you told us you took a bit of a bump in that Spurs game, played the Kings game, and then just, I guess, what happened, I, I guess, what were you feeling after that that led you to, you know, get the MRI and all that? And I guess, what was it like going through those those months of just rest, not knowing what, what would happen? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I was feeling it um, in December, it was, uh, you know, it, it was just painful. It was painful. It was, I felt I couldn't do the stuff that I needed to do. Um, shooting was never the issue. I, I could shoot and be a catch-and-shoot player for us. But um, to be a playmaker, to be, you know, a ball handler, um, I felt I would have been really limited just because of the pain. So, um, yeah, it just it, it took us to a point where, you know, we kept getting MRIs to see if it would heal, um, you know, based off what the doctors was telling us. Time was on our side and, um, you know, really uh, there's a chance of, of it healing with no surgery. So we we erred on that side and uh, paid off. Ty said before the game that he – we all know this is not going to be like an easy game for Paul George to get into. Uh, 34 on 10 of 20. Uh, and a minutes limit seemed pretty easy for you out there. Like, how did you feel out there in your first game back? Uh, it felt good. I mean, but um, <clears throat> honestly, I was well prepared coming into tonight. Um, I shouted out the guys that was working with me through, uh, you know, when those guys were playing games and those guys was on the road. Um, you know, I was at Honey training center <laughs> grinding. Um, trying to get back and, and get back healthy and get in shape. And, um, you know, the, the crew that was there to work with me really pushed me. And uh, um, one person I didn't shout out was B. Shaw. B. Shaw really whipped me into shape. Uh, and so, you know, it, it just got me prepared to play. First, who you got on uh, FaceTime? Who you got on FaceTime? My my girl, my girl and my kids. How, how my much? My fiance, sorry. Honey. Yeah, like, uh, when... <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you talk about, you know, you've had a lengthy uh, injury layoff before, you know, um, arguably more serious injury, obviously, with the leg, the shoulder, 
uh, before you even made your debut. How did those layoffs kind of help you mentally with this one? And what was what, what does this one mean to you to come back this time? Yeah, I mean, I just know what it takes. I know what it takes, uh, the dedication, the commitment. Um, it's more than just on the court, it's off the court. Um, and so, you know, I, I just, I've been here before, so I know how to attack a rehab. Um, and it's really just putting one day, you know, and attacking one day at a time. Um, and that was the best thing I could do, you know, is just take it one game, one day at a time. Um, just keep depositing, you know, good days after good days. Um, making sure I'm eating clean, eating the right stuff, staying healthy on that. And, um, <clears throat> just, you know, working my butt off in the gym. Just, just a quick follow. I mean, you've been a, you, you've seen this team from afar make these comebacks, especially in January when you were first, that first month that you was out. Uh, what did you take from those comebacks and what, what it was like to, yeah, I know you get annoyed by these comebacks sometimes, but to be a part of this one, like, what did you take from that? Yeah, I mean, it's simple. It's simple. Um, when a team plays harder than us, it shows and, and we get ourselves in a hole. Um, and it's just across the board. We don't shoot the ball well. We don't defend well. We don't rebound well. Um, we're late on 50-50 balls. Um, we're not getting our hands on balls. Uh, it, it's just the list goes on when we don't bring any energy and effort. Um, but when we do, you know, we're the team that the other team looks big how we looked in, in, in the first half. So um, the game completely changes um, and we give ourselves a chance. Uh, I think just the thing we got to address is just to always come out with energy, start the game with energy, start the game with effort. Um, and, and our intensity has to be there. I told the guys we didn't look like a playoff team right now. Um, and so uh, I think down the stretch, that's what we got to start shaping into. You mentioned uh, B. Shaw. Like, what, what was he having you do? A ton of running. Um, a ton of running, uh, unnecessary running, but it paid off. <laughs> um, you say unnecessary? Yeah. How much um, is a ton? Like, are you running a marathon here? Like, I mean, you know, it's, I, I felt I was more of a track player than a basketball player at some point. Um, but, you know, it, it paid off. I trusted him. Um, and, uh, you know, he got me prepared. There's nothing bad I can say about the preparation. Did you did you feel like your you had your legs then today? It looked like in the beginning I didn't. No. Um, I didn't. Legs were a little heavy. Um, I felt it on some of those layups. Um, but uh, you know, after the second win and, and everything settled, uh, got the jitters out. Um, everything came back, and um, you know, I, I just I felt fresh. I felt really good. Well, thanks to the to the girls and the family for sharing you with us again. What's that? So thanks to the girls and the family for sharing you with us again. Oh, yeah, they say thank you. <laughs> hey, Paul, um, how did it feel both mentally and emotionally to go through what you've been going through since December? And then how did it feel to have the type of performance that you just had tonight? Yeah, I mean, it it, it was tough. You know, it was tough because um, I know how that goes when, uh, you know, your, your best player goes down just for the locker room and, and guys. It's a lot on their shoulders. It was a lot on Mook's shoulders. It was a lot on Reggie's shoulders, Nico, um, um, Zoo. You know, it, it's a lot of weight on their shoulders when your player goes down and you don't know when he's coming back and how long he's going to be out. So um, every time I get hurt, that affects me more than anything. It's just the weight that I know other guys have to carry. And so, uh, you know, that's really where the, the motivation and, and determination to come back comes from. Oh, what's up? Welcome back. Um, you said that, that time was on your side. Was surgery ever a serious possibility, though? 
Yeah, it was. Um, it was honestly. Um, right after it happened, I was on the side of just just getting surgery and getting over it, and um, you know, getting it done now. So you know, I don't have to go into a summer rehabbing and um, you know healing and nursing an uh, injury. I wanted to to hit the ground running in the summertime. So uh, immediately, I wanted to get surgery, but um, you know, the doctor that dealt dealt with this and saw this a lot in athletes. Um, said that, that this injury heals, um, you know, that that ligament will attach itself back to the bone and um, I should be fine. Just give it some time. So, you know, thankfully, uh, you know, we went that direction. Um, I feel good. And, and, you know, he was right. 30, 34 points. Is your is your elbow, is it back like to normal? Is it is it stronger? I mean, it looked like also you, you definitely tested it when you had to try to catch that alley-oop. The one yeah. that you passed to Isaiah. I mean, um, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's in a 90 percentile. Um, you know, it's, it's, but it's still, this is still part of the, the progression. Um, it'll get stronger. That ligament will get stronger with the stress put on it. So, um, but I feel good. It's no pain. There's, you know, nothing of that sort. It's just, you know, more so just, you know, the repetition of me shooting, strengthening that area. Um, and kind of just, you know, getting that the the elbow into to playing shape pretty much. because um, I did have some fatigue early on when I was shooting and cramping and muscle cramps in there. So um I think it's more so just that muscle and, and my forearm get strong. Um we found some things that we liked in that second half. You know, we got PG out for a minute and brought him back in and kinda um attacked him when Rudy went to the bench and kinda attacked you know, um, moves like we did like favors last year. So that kind of helped us get back in the game a little bit. And then we had to sit him again. So, um, but you know, trying to manage his minutes was tough, you know, and like I said, PG felt great and I didn't really see him get tired too much. And so that was a, that was a good sign. Before the game, you said we knew this wasn't going to be a very easy game for PG outside of the first five minutes where he looked like he was, you know, getting the jitters out of the way, getting his first wind looked fairly easy. I mean, I use that word cautiously, but it looked, he looked good out there. Yeah, he looked really good. And, um, I didn't think he would be that good. And the biggest thing was just defensively. You know, I thought, uh, with Conley, you know, deflections, picked him a couple of times, just being aggressive with him on the big steal at the end of the game, um, when he was trying to run a play, came from behind. Um, like I said, he did some great things, um, with that. And, um, like I said, I didn't think he would be, like I said, be that good offensively, but he was, he was pretty sharp. I know it's two different seasons, but this game was very similar to the game six against the Jazz. You guys came back from 25 down, like score was basically similar as well. Um, but you guys came back with, I know Roko played two minutes, but Isaiah closed out the game at points too. So like, how comfortable, I guess, are you just trotting out? Or were you trying out different lineups there? Or because I know Isaiah was well, part of the big comeback. Yeah, it was different because PG was out there. So we haven't really had a chance to play with him. Um, him and Roko haven't played together at all, you know. Um, so... You know, just just trying to mix and match, and just you know, find a find a unit with a rhythm. You know, outside of that first quarter, you know, I thought we did a good job scoring the ball offensively, and our defense picked up as well. You know, the first quarter, um, they told us they shot I think thirty two percent above expected. You know, field goal percentage. Yeah, and then in the second quarter, they kind of you know came back down, and you know, was able to get some stops and get out in transition. Um, so our defense picked up for us, and in that in that second half, it was good for us. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Ty, um, how much does PG's return change things for you guys heading into the playoffs? Um, it changes for us big time, like you said. Um, getting a perennial all-star back, you know, a defensive player. Um, 
you know, it just changes a lot for us. You know, now Luke's getting open shots now because so much attention is on PG. Um, Isaiah and Zoo around the basket. Um, Reggie's getting open shots and open looks. And so we got to get, get back to getting used to playing with him again. You know, we haven't played with PG for three and a half months pretty much. And, um, for me, I got to do a better job, like I said, with Marcus, you know, keeping him involved in the game and, um, you know, getting him, making sure he's comfortable. He's still in the flow and the rhythm of the game. And, um, I apologize to him tonight because I didn't do a good job with that. So, you know, PG's first game back, everybody looking for PG. PG's excited and, uh, we just kind of played through him. And, um, so I got to do a better job, like I said, with Marcus, just making sure he's in the rhythm of the game. I'm curious, in addition to obviously how much PG brings to you guys on the court, how much is his return just a morale boost? It's a big morale boost. You know, last couple of days when we found out that, um, he had a chance to play and just him being able to practice with the guys, um, the vibe has been totally different, you know, and so we needed that, you know, losing five in a row and guys getting worn down and getting tired and we needed that jolt and he brought it for us tonight. Hey coach, you guys gave up 30, 32 points, I think um, 29 and then 33, and then you held them to 21 points in that fourth quarter. What was the, Paul, as you mentioned, Paul jumped out but real strong early and defensively. What was the catalyst in the fourth quarter that helped you guys really focus down and, and, and clamp down on those guys? Um, I think we blitzed a little bit. Um, we was able to fire, which means, you know, when, when a, the guy has a mismatch, we think we just kind of run somebody at him to get us in rotation, just kind of, you know, speed the game up. And we, so we just kind of gave him different looks to try to keep him off balance. Um, I, got, I thought Donovan got downhill a little too easy tonight. Like he didn't make a three point shot tonight, but he was able to live in the paint. And, you know, a lot of that's because, you know, Rudy's behind him. We got a lob threat, a guy who can catch lobs and the bigs are scared to step up because it's going to be a dunk. And so, um, he's very crafty when he gets into the paint. So, um, his pain points really hurt us tonight, but I thought we did a good job in the fourth quarter of just trying to take that away. And from your experience, Coach, why is why does Paul George come back from a layoff um, so fluid, so fluidly? Um, he he's done this. We, we've seen this done, and him do this repeatedly. Time yeah, I know exactly. When when um the first year we got here, when Doc was here, he did. I think he came to New Orleans and he had a crazy game. You know. Um, that's very uncommon, you know, it's very uncommon. So just hope we can keep it rolling. Like I said, the best thing is having him on the floor. Um, he's healthy. You know, the guys love having him back. Um, everyone gets to slide down a different position. I mean, now to their, you know, normal positions. And um, like I said, just a big win for us, man. Like, um, been playing some decent games lately. Got blown out a couple of games. But just to come back from 25 down and play the way we did and just con contribution from a lot of different players, um, that was good for us. And so it was good to see. Ty, was there a moment tonight that you looked at and you said, Paul George is back? Like, he looks good, elbows good. I think those two threes he hit right in front of our bench, back-to-back um, -back threes. Um, but, you know, early on he missed those couple layups because he didn't have his legs and his timing or whatever. But um, I think when he made those couple threes, you know, in, in, on the, right in front of our bench, I was like, okay, yeah, he's ready, he's back, you know, he's feeling good. And um, to be um, direct with his with his penetration. He wasn't a lot of playing around, straight line drives, getting to the basket, making the right pass, like he did for Luke with a big three, um, getting to the rim, finishing or getting fouled. So um, it wasn't a lot of playing around. There's a lot of direct, get to the basket, make the play, and he did that. We have 34 in his first night back. I mean, not a lot of players can do that. Um, but I think he was doing just a lot of stuff. I mean, what makes him great, he does it on both ends. And so um, having his not just his offense, but also his defense back was a uh, big for us. I'm just happy to have him back. Um, he makes the game easier for me. Um, 
and I try to make it easier for him. And so just having him back has just been a blessing. Paul said his motivation for coming back was really he wanted to help you guys. He saw you guys battling night after night, and he wanted yeah. to be out there alongside you guys. How would you describe the chemistry that you guys share with Paul inside the locker room behind the scenes? Uh, it's been great. Um, I mean, um, he's been very supportive. Um, everything we do, um, even after games, uh, he would text us, text the group. Um, he still was really involved um, at games. He would still be talking, talking to us. And so just for him being a, a star, what he is, being so involved, even when he was hurt, um, was just a good thing for us to see. And it gave us even more motivation to just go out and um, get the wins. Yeah, so you guys are the only team in the last 25 years to have four 24-point comebacks yeah. in one season. Just, I just want to know what you think about like the resiliency of this team, or if you guys ever think like, you, you're out of a game. Um, no, I mean even I think right when we were down by like 25, I looked at Team Man. I'm like, we've been here before. Like we're we're there was like a weird feeling like that we were coming back. Like we were gonna come back, and um, I mean a lot has to do with uh, T. Lou and what, what what adjustments he has. Um, I haven't seen a coach make so many in-game adjustments in great ones as he does um i mean he doesn't care who who finishes it's um he just wants to win and i think um just going to every game you know he's gonna do what's best for a team so if it's like some games i'm not playing as much i know he's not having a grudge against me or he's just going through the rotations he's trying to do what's best for the team and i think that gives us a lot of confidence going to games is that rare with the coach too, where nobody yeah. has any grudges if they're not playing a game or two or anything like that? Um, Really. I mean, I've been now on how many teams? I think this is my fourth team. Um, most of the time, it's really just set rotations. Um, Sometimes they'll change, but the in-game adjustments of what he does is I've never seen something like that in the time I've been in the NBA. Isaiah, how, how much is that tie and how much is that you guys, like the team? Us both. I mean, I think... um. We have a good chemistry, um, all the guys, I mean, even on and off the court. Um, we just try to play our hardest every time. I think that that helps us get back. I mean, we're down by 25. Most teams in the NBA would be like, all right, we're done. But, um, I mean, we were on the bench, and what I said before, me and T-Man, like, like, when we go back in, like, we're going to bring the energy and get back. And, like, that's every game, no matter how much we're up or down, we just want to just keep pushing. So yeah. Right on. Um, and, and I want to. Did PG talked about how much running he did in preparation <laughs> to get back? Were you guys aware of that? Yeah, I mean he was in the gym a lot. I mean, um, we both same before. He's always been really around. Um, I think that's been great just having him around. But then also seeing he was really trying to come back. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of guys are probably like, oh no, I'm season done, like playing the playing. But him coming back and then doing what he did tonight, uh, it's been been great. But you saw him like putting in like miles, like running. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, we saw him running. We saw him doing little <laughs> runs. Yeah. So, yeah well, uh, obviously, Paul hadn't played with Robert Covington yet because yeah. obviously, um, what'd you make of those guys' minutes together and the potential of, of that duo? Um, well, uh, it's been great. I mean, even since having Kev on the team, I think um, having that defensive lineup, I think between uh, me, Cove, and now PG also in that, and then. Um, what Luke did today, I mean, that was probably one of his best defensive performances, and I was actually really proud. 
All right, that was Paul George, Ty Lu, and Isaiah Hardenstein following the Clippers' amazing 25-point comeback win last night against Utah. Uh, you were just happy to see Paul George back in the court, but to see him drop 34 points and to see him lead the Clippers back from 25 points down in the second half, just like they did a year ago against the Utah Jazz, Game 6 to go on to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, this is an amazing story. and. Shoot, if they can get Kawhi Leonard back, I mean, this, this Clippers team could go on a run here. We'll see, but that was an amazing comeback win for them. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.